Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we're back. So I just wanted to see if Daniel would respond first. That's why there was the I was pause. Say, oh, okay. Uh, you guys, I neither did. of you moved. No, I know. I just wanted to see if Daniel would, Daniel would go. I'm not sure if I want have to say we are back or happy Halloween. So, but you know, so it's, it's a day after Halloween. Halloween I know. Yeah. Well, it's you just like, you... it's not Christmas. Christmas yeah. is one day, right? I know. When can we play the Mariah Carey song? Oh, wait, hold finally? on. Wait, what, what Mariah Carey song? Yeah. What, uh, the all I want for Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's by her. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah that's a, is that her song or is it, she just, it was a remix of. I don't know. I think it's song. an original of hers. Isn't Honestly, it? even if it wasn't, no, it's not like it changes much. No. You know what I hate? When people like when DJs, all they do is when they remix a song, is they repeat like one lyric and put in a beat for like five seconds, and then they get credited with remixing the song. And it's like, here's, you know. Um, EXP with you know like a prayer, but it's really just Madonna stretched out with a few things over there. It's just a, uh, Mariah is Mariah Carey the one who made like a prayer? No, I believe that you was mean Madonna. like a prayer. Wait, like what? That's not Mariah Carey. Is when that not? Is that Madonna? I, I, I think I think that's. Um, that is People Madonna. I use Madonna. It is Madonna. It is Madonna? It All is, right. in fact, Madonna. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, how was your Halloweens, respectively? Okay. I didn't uh, really do much. Went to for Fresh Burger. It's a pretty good burger. Um, I don't know. I just dropped off candy at my little cousin's house. And yeah, I don't know. Man, that I sounds actually, like an entertaining Halloween. I know, right? I was going to actually watch a scary movie yesterday, but I fell asleep early. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't do much. Blade 2. It was going to be Blade 2. You guys should watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll think yeah. about it. It's on the list. It's pretty good. Who's it? Wesley, Wesley Snipes? Yeah. He and then, in shape for that movie. Yeah, and then Guillermo del Toro directed it. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know who Perfect. that man is. Norman Reedus is in the movie. Really? Yeah, like one of his first roles. Cool. Yeah. Norman Reedus. Who is that again? That, that Norman. He's Reedus. the guy in Walking Dead. Oh, oh, he's the, the, guy with the crossbow, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounded really familiar. Yeah. Also, the main character of Death Stranding. Don't amazing video game. Either. Well, because it's a PlayStation exclusive, so. Norman know. Norman Reedus, host of. Oh. Death oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool guy. Cool guy alert. Yeah, sorry. I, I had to bring up 
that um, Death that Stranding is a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, you're playing that card. All right. Well, <laughs> go back. Shout out to the high school console wars. Is yeah. that where we are now? <laughs> We're bringing it back. Yeah. Cool guy alert. Cool guy alert. Cool guy. Oh, my God. I know. Hipster alert. <laughs> yeah, so I joked about oh. this off the pop. And you know what's fantastic about the day after Halloween? What? Discount candy. Yeah. Mm. I have a giant bowl of it next to me. I got the box. It has the Kit Kats, the Smarties, the Arrow Bars. And I'm not even going to address red box? the fourth candy. Yeah. I, I know what the fourth candy is. I'm not going to call it. Oh, I'm coffee not address crisp? Because it, it yeah. sucks. Do you guys coffee have a choice? Crisp? Like, what is your preferred Halloween candy? Arrow bar or caramel bar. Yeah? Yeah, or rockets. I'll eat anything. Anything? I'm not a big candy guy. I'm a big chocolate guy, though. You know what I always wondered when I was a kid? What? When we went trick-or-treating? What? Like, a lot of the off-brand candy that, like, I've never heard of these brands until, like, it's Halloween. And you get it in your bag. And I'm like, what? Like what? Like, 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 it's just these candies were... It looks like they're they're knockoffs, yeah. Of like the major brands, but I always wonder like where do you buy this? Because whenever I go to the grocery store or even like Costco, I'm like, where do you find like this candy? I never see it until like the next Halloween. What's string pop? I've never heard of this thing before. <laughs> and do you know what? Sometimes it's really really good. Yeah. And sometimes it surprises looks, you. It looks like something you're never gonna touch, and you just give it to your sibling, and they take it. There was a guy in my area used to give out Coke cans. That is terrible. <laughs> what a what a terrible person. Wait, 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 like the now because they have the really small Coke cans or or like they the like the just the regular Coke cans that you can the, buy. The regular store. Coke cans. They wow. Give it out. That, yeah, that must have been lovely. Yeah. Well, it, it sounded ad- interesting. It adds some weight to the bag for sure. Right? It does. I'd end up just drinking it on the walk. That's a good strategy. Definitely. Did you guys ever have a bag or you know what yes. I hate is is in um I used to pillowcase when I trick or treated, right? Yeah. Like you know, like in movies they have those crappy little like pumpkin like sort of like, plastic bag. Yeah, plastic like, things, it's, yeah. It's also, yeah. It holds like next to no candy. It's so small. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Who like who actually uses those? I don't what, think many what was people. your go to costume growing up? Uh, oh, I was Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars for like three straight years. Okay. I think I was Darth, I was Batman for a couple of years, but like Anakin was my guy, which shows you how long ago the Clone Wars was, was that's the thing for. I loved Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex? Um, well, I got pretty lazy um, <laughs> for like a good three, four years where yeah. I just wear a, a hockey helmet and a Leafs jersey. Oh my God pretty lazy uh actually for two straight years this was my most creative idea i was a hippie i had i had a wig i had glasses i had a tie-dye t-shirt i had a mustache sideburns i like i had to glue them on obviously i couldn't grow facial hair not yet not like the one you could do now yeah you're the you're you went to school as the guys who smoked outside the hydro plant at the school yeah yeah well i didn't do that though I just dressed up like one. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's good that you're not a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how in the hell. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? What was your go-to costume? Man, because like I love Batman. So since I was like three years old up until I don't know how old, I was like a different variation of a of, of a movie Batman. Oh, okay. 
Okay, that's pretty cool. So, like, I went through my Val Kilmer, George Clooney, mm-hmm. Christian Bale face. Did you have the bat credit card? Oh, no. I really had that. Like, I used to hate that as a kid. But, like, looking back on it, I'm like, it's so funny. No, it's not. No, it's not. In in an ironic way. No, The bat card? See, this way, if we didn't have that. So, in the Batman, you know when George Clooney's Batman? Okay. He has a bat credit card, and he's like, he never leaves the cave without it. It's like a MasterCard. You can probably track it. It's like, what? how does yeah. the Joker find out who Batman is? Oh, just do a, just do see, a credit check. <laughs> this way, if we didn't have that, we would never have the Christian Bale Batman. Which is not a perfect adaptation. The Dark Knight's Wicked, the other two are pretty mediocre. What? I love Batman yeah, Begins. Yeah, I said it. You know, I was, the it's... one time I really put real, like, not just bought a costume was when I was the Joker in first year. When, like, that Halloween thing I went to. I did the face paint and everything. I mean, like... When I was the Joker, it was really good. Man, in elementary school, when, yeah, what is it? No, in, yeah, elementary school when The Dark Knight came out. Like, Everyone's I remember there were like 30 Jokers in my in my yeah, school. It's like, it's like how last year everyone was Harley Quinn and the, the Joker <laughs> from um, Suicide Squad. Like, sorry, yeah. that, like the Jared Leto garbage one. And like everyone this year is probably going to be or was Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. And it was Tiger King. Hey, I think that's pretty. If you're like three years old, four or five, I think it's pretty cute if you dress yeah. up as Baby Yoda. I think like you hit an age limit on who, when you can dress up as Baby Yoda, and when you have to start hunching over with a with a cane and start hey, dressing up so like when, Yoda. When, when do you start dressing up your kid as Michael Myers? Like, uh, yeah, like the what? As Michael Myers, <laughs> the director. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the actor. So one kid's Austin Powers, one kid is uh, Michael Myers so from Halloween. Give him the, uh, what's the myth about the Michael Myers? Or what is it? It was a uh, like a Shatner mask or something. Yeah, it was yes, a yes. Shatner apparently mask. that yeah. apparently that's what it was. If you yeah, had to dress up it. yesterday, what would you dress up as? Oh, hmm. oh, that's a good question. I mean, oh, my last costume I was Spike Lee like four years ago. Spike Lee? Yeah. Okay. I probably would have been... I wouldn't have done the Joker again. I really like doing the face paint. That's it's really, really fun. Uh, probably Michael Keaton Batman. Out, no. Michael Keaton Batman. No. Which was the Batman, Batman that on the suit, it had the uh, it had the nipple thing. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, um, about? Was, was, that was, uh, jo- was that not George Clooney? George Clooney and Val Kilmer, yeah. Ah, okay. Just yeah. make it. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's just there are like live action bat suits or then Batman. It's like you don't there's so many things wrong with them. There is that shot of the new the Batman from Robert Pattinson's movie that's coming out. And yeah. the suit looked terrible. Oh, like I'm it. Not, it did does not it look, look terrible good. or does it look terrible on him specifically? Because I know no, that was just, an issue. The design just looks I don't really like the chin. I, I wish it covered it. Like it just mm-hmm. it's too far. It's just they can't get the bat suit right. It's like it's not hard. It looks like from the Arkham series because it's like armored. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like it, what you gotta realize about the Arkham series is like every bad game? guy is this muscled up like thingamajigger. Because like now the like, video games have like really good graphics and like some of them like do face scans and that. But the Arkham series is like from like two thousand like ten. Except well, NHL Adam, they can't do face scans. Yeah, I was gonna ask that about how about NHL twenty one. <laughs> The NHL, we should probably talk about that, but I'm not going to talk about Bat Cow. Okay, we won't. Okay. That's for you the can next talk episode. about Bat yeah. Cow. I, 
We will talk about hockey. Well, no, so I'm, I'm getting into Batman comics. I'm reading yeah. the new 52. I'm very proud. Um, and in this kind of spinoff series, I forget, it's got like Batman something something. Him and Damien, who's the current Robin, Damien Lane, um, they had to like hunt down this gang or whatever, and they find that this cow in the slaughterhouse is like a symbol from the gang. And like they, and for some reason, Damien, who's like trained by the League of Assassins, is like, I'm a vegetarian now, and this is Batcow. And there's even a part of a comic when like Batcow saves someone's life and Bruce is just at the back computer watching this. I'm like, shouldn't you like there's a baby in that car, Bruce? Why are you just it was just something I discovered yesterday. But before we get going, I do want to do I want to say one special thing. I want to give a shout out to my brother Scott. Because was it yesterday or the day before? I can't oh I can't remember. Well, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Um my brother's girlfriend said yes. He proposed. Hey. This was. We, we teased this a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, plan. when uh, was it when Toffoli signed, or was it when Gallagher signed his extension? It was when Toffoli signed that, that he had he had asked permission for the parents. Wow! And now it's official. So that's good. Uh, right, after yeah. engagement party, everyone wears a Toffoli jersey because to really? symbolize. It. No, just Adam. Just Adam. Adam. <laughs> Everyone's Adam. in a suit, and then Adam's wearing a Toffoli jersey. <laughs> See, you know what? They're pretty big nerds. It's pretty cute. So they they like. I know they've talked about a theme wedding. So if you're gonna dress up, well, I'll dress up as the Joker or a Jedi. We'll see. All right, let's let's you talk about hockey now. I'm sure that's my. Oh wait, favorite. wait. Question. It was about. It's a Batman question. Sure. Remember, you know there was those rumors going around. Uh, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to play the Robin. Remember that was a thing. Oh yeah. Whatever happened. Well, I think it Dark Knight Rises. Name was was it in Dark Knight Rises? Right. Yeah. He was in Dark Knight Rises. And then it's like, oh man, they made it seem like he was going to be Robin. Or my interpretation of it. What ended can up happening? I just, can I can I just say one thing about the whole Robin thing in those movies? Go ahead. They completely dropped the ball with it. Robin is like. Half the Robins, first of all, are like he adopts them. Basically, it's mm-hmm. like they're like kids when he finds them. It's yeah. not some crappy cop who doesn't know how to check his corners. In Criminal Minds, <laughs> they check their corners. That stupid kid, no, a, a no. injured, half dead Commissioner Gordon catches him. Like, come on, dude. It's not Tim Drake. It's not Jason Todd. It's not Dick Grayson. It's not Damian Wayne. It's not even Barbara Gordon. It's just this. This kid, it's just, oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. It, oh, it's the little things. Being a, okay. being a total narrative that it doesn't, they'll it doesn't never get I just Adam. wanted to know, I just yeah. wanted to know what ended up happening with that because it kind of well, just disappeared. It was, well, you know. So I think we'll be okay. So this is ever. random before we go into the NHL because we probably sure. should soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like we're well equipped if we have to bring back Bizarre Adventures now. I think we are. Yes. Oh, the trust. I think the hockey gods are sitting there, uh, letting us, giving us major amounts of content. Mm-hmm. Remember last week? week. Yeah, yeah. I think they uh, okay. they wanted us to have this content. Okay, okay. <laughs> we can watch like Batman the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. How does that Probably compare to the Coyotes, though? Um, well, I mean the the movie adaptation of the Killing Joke kind of sucked, and the Coyotes suck. Um, so we talked a lot about Mitchell Miller, biggest sort of news in the NHL lately. Um, I thought it was a really, really good segment, by the way. Good to the views on the YouTube channel. Like, go be sure and check that out for clips of the show and the full visual experience if you want to do that. And check out my subpar lighting because they get very out. All right. So now there's been some updates regarding Mitchell Miller. 
Uh, the Coyotes. Well, there's almost three chapters here. So the Coyotes officially renounced his rights. I'm not going to read their statement because it's way too long and there's a lot to cover today, but you can go read it. But the gist of it was apparently they claimed they were not, and I'm paraphrasing here, they were not aware of all the details. Um, And there's a lot here. First of all, what we need to point out is the Coyotes, and we'll get to him in North Dakota in a second. The Coyotes have now technically lost their 2020 first, second, third, and with renouncing this pick, their fourth round picks, guys. Great now, asset management. Oh, fantastic. Oh, they're, it's, oh, they're just terrible. Um, more on this whole Miller thing. On insider trading, Darren Dreger did say, oh, yeah, they didn't have all the details. Um, and really, what... what he said justly was it looks like they never actually did their due diligence here. They didn't have all the details. And what's really alarming is Pierre Lebrun also said in this segment um, that talking to Isaiah Mayer Crothers, his mother, Joni, went a long way in them making this decision, which should have probably been done in the first place, lads. Mm-hmm. And then Frank Saravelli kind of concluded the segment talking about how an internal review will be done on uh, this whole saga of Mitchell Mitchell. Sorry, Mitchell Mitchell. Mitchell Miller. Mitchell Miller. Sorry, easy for me to say. Um, and it looks like the scouts who sort of suggested to draft him are going to get in a lot of trouble, especially. Probably going to be some fall guys in this, lads. But um, before we go to his future and his university stuff that's come out, let's just focus on the Coyotes and how they have completely dropped the ball here. Alex, I'll start with you because I, I, can, I can tell there's going to be – lot to say here. No, I, I think shame on the coyotes, man. Like I think this is that's such a lazy excuse. And and, and listen, I'm not I don't want to make it sound like I'm bashing Dreger and Saravelli and those guys. I think they're reporting what what is what was told to them. Exactly. I think that I think when it comes to the coyotes, that's a lazy narrative. That's a stupid narrative. And and it's just Border like it's actually not even borderline. It's straight up irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I think it's bizarre that this is the narrative that they're coming out with. And you know what? If it's the truth, it's the truth. And you know what? Good for them. On, I guess good for them on telling us the truth. But shame on them for not doing their due diligence. Because I for sure know that every other team. What I don't know if every other team did right. So. I just think it's shame on them. Like we watched Moneyball. Yes. Right. And I know, okay, it's not a perfect adaptation of what the scouting room looks like, but I think we have an idea over the last few months, if not the last year at this point, because we're in November, um, that there's a lot of stupid things that go on. And the fact that you were given this information and you didn't do your due diligence in in completely scouting this player and what actually happened is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Daniel, it, it really sounds, saying that the talking to Joni Meyer Carruthers changed their mind, the fact that she was not spoken to prior to making this selection to get more background is a serious red flag. A, Big sign of negligence from the Coyotes, though. Yeah, so the one thing I kind of thought about when this was brought up is 
the whole thing where you know we had that lapse with um the pandemic and you know we didn't really have any sports news but one thing that kind of struck out to us in previous episodes was how the heck did jake sanderson go up on the draft rankings and you know you're not seeing him play or anything and i'm saying this is speculation but you know a lot of teams do their due diligence where they come to research the player like how he is what he could bring like his you know, really like his family, like based on like what we heard Brian Burke has done, especially the Morgan Riley pick. And the fact that you still had more time, you had more of an effort to do your research on this, to really see how is this player going to fit into the culture? Like what's his history? Like what's his past? Like, and the fact that the Coyotes just still didn't do that, even if there was an opportunity to have, have that time and have that period, they still didn't do anything about it. And once again, it's just a horrible story. But at the same time, like, there's that part of me saying, like, you know, I'm not surprised. Like, the Coyotes just, there's just something that needs to change there. It's, um, what, what, you make a really, really good point there. Just the, the lack of hockey, the lack of anything that existed um, in that sort of period of March to, God, when did everything even come back? June. It feels every to june it, everything just feels like a giant mess right you know what strikes me is um of course when i got to be part of that that zoom call with trevor timmons he talked about how the canadians he made a real point of making um talking about how many players the canadians had interviewed and if you don't have footage if you can't look at the player's game and because, like, if you look at how much NHL staff go on about character, and you're the Coyotes who already got in trouble for, you know, the, the whole combine testing stuff, all you had to do beside review what game footage there was, was talk to these players, get some insight on them, figure out what kind of people they are, look at their character, and you couldn't even do that right. It's just another, like, let's be honest. We'll just say it. This is because of public pressure. And David Amber said it. He speculated about it on Sportsnet. And, boy, the Coyotes are just another sort of step here in just, you know, why are these guys the thing? Why are the Coyotes an organization still? Yeah, you make a good point. Like, let's not pretend that they did this because they wanted to. And, and you know what? It's great that they wanted to be part of the solution that the that idea of wanting to be part of the solution in general is is a fantastic idea and but give it to someone who actually wants a second chance like clearly this guy still thinks he's on a first chance on his first chance Mm -hmm. he doesn't see what he did he doesn't think himself what he did was truly wrong did you want did you guys see that uh, his sister put out a statement? I did not see that. Mitchell Miller's. No. Oh, it was. It, first of all, you shouldn't attack someone's family. Let's put that, that out there. All right. You shouldn't really attack anyone, right? You never want to no. scoop down to someone's level. But she, you know what? She, it wasn't the, the bestly, it wasn't the. Most well put together statement. There were some problems with it, um, but it was just oh, like he shouldn't have said anything. Um, because, and I think the reason she really said this was there's another sort of layer, not 
just with the Coyotes renouncing uh, the rights to Mitchell Miller. The University of North Dakota, who he was going to play for, have also removed him from their hockey program. Now, in a statement they released, uh, they did make it clear that he could still attend the school. Though, earlier today, I don't know how exactly... Championat Kurto, Mitchell... Oh, sorry, I'm reading the that's Russian. The source. That's the A Russian website. This is from Yaki Nilvailand on Twitter. Russian website Championat is reporting that Mitchell Miller may move to Russia and likely sign in the SKA organization after he was removed from North Dakota's hockey program and his rights were renounced by the Coyotes. Now, I almost laugh at this part because everyone was joking that he was going to go to Russia, and that's exactly what happened. I don't I don't know where to where to start. Like I just think there's so many there's so many I, I feel like every time I go on Twitter I learn of another person who doesn't understand the situation. I just feel like no one's telling the full like some someone's missing the story here. Like there was a second person involved in this incident, right? It wasn't just him. I don't remember the other kid's name. I don't, I'm not even sure if it was uh, said. He apologized. He apologized to Isaiah. And I don't remember the other thing he did, but he, he, he did the bare minimum. He stopped, right? Like, I, I think this is, I think this is a bizarre situation because people seem to think that we're canceling him for the sake of canceling him. And that's not what's happening. It's holding people accountable. Is an absolute privilege to play hockey in university is an absolute privilege to play hockey in the NHL. Like, I don't think pe- this is getting through some thick people's heads. And to be honest, it's, it's honestly not sitting well with me. And it's really, it's really annoying. Um, like get it through your head that it's called keeping people accountable. Like it's that simple. I, I agree with that point where like, I like what Alex brought up where we, a lot of like the comments have been like, you know, what do you expect this kid to do? Apologize. Uh, yeah. That's the thing where it's like, there was another kid involved where he kind of set like the bar, like the bare minimum of like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Like the other individual involved in the bullying, he, he showed remorse. He apologized and, you know, yeah, he stopped bullying. It's not like he kept going with it. And I don't know. It's just, we, we had this thing where we talked about, yeah, it's probably not going to, they're probably not going to care about the publicity or anything in, in like the Russian leagues. And, you know, that's what we're seeing right now, where if this guy actually does go there, then, you know, it's, it's just, and it's going to be another story altogether again. Not only did this kid get, go to juvie court, at the age of 14 and I, I guess he was con- he was found guilty he did it for two years after so you tell me did he learn his lesson Again, by complete even said I you don't I I don't feel that that you're actually remorseful here he's literally apologized or apologized in quotation marks to everyone, but the kid he bullied. 
Mm-hmm. Prove me, prove to me, give me a list of things that this kid has done over the last two years, four years, that wasn't court ordered, that he did, that proves otherwise. This is called holding people accountable. It is an absolute, like, again, I'm going to say it again, because I think it needs to be repeated. It is an absolute privilege to play in the NHL. It is an absolute privilege to play hockey in university is it a it is an absolute privilege to play hockey in triple a double a single a whatever they were talking about this on sdp i i I don't know if either of you have listened to the late last the episode they talked about it i don't remember if it was the last one or the episode before they were talking about what would your parents reactions be if you came home and this is what happened i don't even know because i can't even think that think like that i can guarantee you if i was playing hockey i would not be playing hockey and and to the point of his skill level i don't care if he has the skill of connor mcdavid if he can't figure out that he needs to be held accountable he he's not playing in this league i don't this is again this is my opinion I don't care if he's Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alexis Lafreniere. You have to understand this is not acceptable. And you, if you're not held accountable, when are you ever going to learn what you are doing is wrong? When I see that, you know, the reports of I'm going to Russia, right? And again, I don't know how legitimate those sources are, but it sounds pretty... I know the guy was filed, fought, like followed by Berkshire and that, so I think he's pretty safe. But when I hear the first thing is I'm going to go to Russia and play there, it's like I think the priority for this this person should be improving yourself as a person before your career right now because the way that the world has changed over the past few months alone it doesn't matter how good he's going to be because like, again, this is the guy who's going to go in the second round. We've seen some of the defensemen who have fallen there um, and just how good they can be. Again, this guy was going to go to the NCAA. There's no doubt that he's, he's a good player. So I don't know if he's almost running from it. Probably is, but unless he also fixes himself and I really hope he does. I really so hope do this I. guy gets help. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hope he does eventually have a real sincere apology to Isaiah. But, dude, work on yourself first. Work on yourself, then your game. Because but, you're not going to get back to the show if you don't. Adam, you're not going to be, like, it's even, it's even more than that. It's just, man, how do you sleep at night after all this? It, how do you do it? But it goes back to what? what I was saying before, no one has held him accountable other than that judge. But after that judge did that, what was the reaction? He went right back to playing hockey, no accountability for his actions. And that's, that's, I obviously, we don't know exactly what his, his family life is like, but I, I guess if he was just straight allowed and I mean, his, <laughs> then his parents didn't hold him like that. They, they just sort of, I don't know if it was just they see the talent. They're just like, you know, go play. But they just – they saw his career, and this is pure speculation for me. 
and saw that that was more important than making sure. And, and of course now like it, his sister statement says, oh, he's a great guy. Mm. Sure. But man, I don't believe, I don't believe you. Like nothing proves is, that love is love is blind people. Like love is blind. And again, what? all the evidence. Sorry, go on, Daniel. Oh no, it's the thing I think about is you know it's a thing that they've been kind of like letting us know in journalism school is a kind of thing where it's like keep everything clean <laughs> as you enter the industry. And the way I see it is like if we're held accountable to that standard that you know we got to make sure that you know we are quote unquote polished prospects coming out of J school, you know at those higher levels at those things that there's more publicity going around. Like, I think that there should be that same standard as well. And that's what I think about even as like a university hockey player or an NHL prospect, mm-hmm. man, I don't even swear in my tweets. I tweet about back cows and that right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I can only imagine the story like this following Mitchell Miller, um, but buddy, you're not listening to this, but you know, just t- reflect, man. Um, see the harm you've caused, and try and you know what. Just be accountable, as I like to say in here, man. It's just we want here, everyone. Here's a sorry. Go, go ahead, finish. Yeah. No, finish what you were saying. No, it's just it's just you know. Be good. It's it's a, it's a phrase I love using on the show. Be good people, and you know what. Treat others how you'd like to be treated. It's it's as simple as that. Realize who he's hurt and what he's done. Here's the thing: until you realize what you've done, you've done wrong. You can't hold yourself accountable. People around you have to hold hold you accountable. So until someone else holds him accountable, and then I I it's just I feel like it's so hard for someone. I, it just seems really difficult for someone to change. And I've like, I see it around me. I see it happen to myself. If I do something wrong and someone doesn't, and I don't see it as wrong and someone doesn't tell me why am I, why wouldn't I do the same thing again? That's fair. human nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, shall we move on then? Sure. I think we're going to get a lot more on this mm-hmm. upcoming no, the first of the coming week, so I guess we'll stay tuned on this topic. Like, you know look, uh, he 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 got released from the hockey team in uh, uh, University of North Dakota, and now there's rumors there's a team in Russia who's willing to sign him. Where like no accountability, right? No. Um. Well, there's there's there was a really Gino Reda said something at the end of Insider Trade, and he's like. Within a few days, Mitchell Miller's gone from draft pick to a case study. Um, and I thought I'd just say that to, to end the statement. I thought that was really, really good sort of phrase there. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now we get to laugh a little bit here because the Ontario Hockey League won't have body checking this season. Or maybe it this will. Is, right. We don't this know. Is, it's an absolute joke. We don't know. So over mm-hmm. the past uh, few days here, I've got it written down in case anyone's wondering what I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> Over the past few days, the story has evolved with Lisa McLeod, Ontario's Heritage, Sports, Tourism, and Culture Minister, uh, coming out and heavy quotations confirming that the OHL will not have body checking for the upcoming season. Her given, her given reasoning, sorry, being the removal of hitting is a necessary step in preventing the spread of COVID-19. 
is a necessary step. Then reports came out saying, and the first person I saw was Darian Dreger, so I'll quote him here. Sources say there has been no official decision of removing body checking from the OHL. There's been a number of discussions between the league and the provincial government. Talks and negotiations are ongoing. Then Rick Westhead, who is a great follow, who we've brought up a lot of times, I just wanted to say, and I'm going to paraphrase here, said the sports minister is unwavering about the decision of no hitting. Westhead gave a quote where McLeod said, they agree to the rules or they don't play. Then Ms. McLeod quote tweeted that Westhead tweet and said, also, this is correct. This isn't, and then she tags her minister. So I guess she's saying it's not a minister decision. Um, she says, it is a health decision. I trust this matter is now settled. Nope. Then. Not settled. Yesterday, <laughs> Ontario Premier Doug Ford, a.k.a. Miss McLeod's boss, tweeted, <laughs> we are... And can I make it clear, like, <sighs> like we're smart, we're university students. We're not Doug Ford's biggest fan by any stretch of the means. But like, we like, I don't want to agree with him. I don't like him. But like, quote, we are engaging with the OHL to create a safe return to play um, to play plan, which will need to be approved by health experts. To date, no decision has been made. I would like to see the OHL return as normal as possible with body checking. And the last thing I will quickly say here for some context, Jeff Merrick then quote tweeted this and said, this is like when your lawyer says, what my client meant to say, your honor, was. Honestly, Um, honestly. Can we start with just this quickly? Um, Okay. That obviously there is a pandemic going on. Because really? if you scroll through the co- comments, it's like, oh, this is what you're dealing with right now. Uh, like, I, I, Adam, do you have the tweet open? Is that uh-huh. yes? Do you have the tweet open, the Doug Ford tweet open in front of you? I do, yeah. Well, if you scroll down, you'll see obviously people oh, complaining goodness. that this is what he's talking about. Um, well, I guess here's the context. Uh, someone, someone's job in determining heritage sport and culture or whatever her title is um, made a claim that there's going to be no body checking and it absolutely uh, demolished hockey hockey twitter yesterday Mm -hmm. literally murdered ontario hockey twitter so that's why this he tweeted that just in case you're listening and wondering Mm -hmm. Um, the, the replies are a mix of you have, you have first of all, like, a lot of people. I'll throw this to you in a second here, Dan. Um, a lot of people think hitting is simply, you know, oh, it's a big hit in center ice mm-hmm. and the crowd goes wild. It's not, you know, hitting is, especially in a junior league, it's a big part of development. You need to learn. It's not just hitting, it's learning how to take a hit. It is some players use their size to, you know, you separate an opponent from the puck. It is, it is a key part of the game. And we've talked to players like Tom Wilson who use their size to become one of a kind players too. It is so important. And again, this is, this is a full contact sport. Daniel, like this is a top rush. Yeah. Um, the only thing about it too is I kind of think about it like these guys who are already the OHL are, you know, borderline elite prospects. That these are the guys that have grown up with the sport. Like, how do you kind of just take that out from them? And 
what I kind of see too is like, how do you prepare them for the AHL, NHL, or like the next level of but, things where it's just kind of like, oh, suddenly <laughs> I have to play a different game, but then, oh no, readjust again when you get to the next level. Um, I forgot, I, and I really wish I had this tweet, but I, I, you guys may remember when someone's like, what about like the six hour bus rides or you know what about you know sharing the same ice you know oh we can leaving list, a all, we, we can list every single thing that's longer than a body check yeah and it just yeah even the face-offs where it's just like you're right in front of the person where i kind of feel that that's already well, kind of close contact yeah like you don't check the person for like 10 seconds Daniel, just remember, between the ages of 13 and 16, you're allowed to body check. Between 16 and 21 in the OHL, it's you're not allowed. And then you enter the NHL at 18, 19, 20, 21, and then you're allowed to body check mm-hmm. again. It's like, if you imagine you came from, let's say that you're Sean Wright, all right? And, and you don't get to body. No, I don't think he's eligible to be drafted this year. I believe it's the year afterwards. Yeah. But he's let's 16 say, right like, now. something goes amiss and, like, he can't – the OHL – let's say he's being drafted next – like, this season. And, you know, for the 21 season, let's say the Islanders have a messy sort of – like, no, not the Islanders. Let's say the Devils come last. And, you know, okay. they, they win the lottery. They draft him. And his first game is against the Islanders. And their entire style is defensive, hit you down. He's not going to make it. Like, your body, it's like, you know what, how a worksman will have, you know, the calluses of their hands. You got to build it up. You got to get your body used to it. And it's, yeah, like, do you want to social distance everyone on the bench? Mass while you're doing it? It's not not even just out of face-off, the guy's taking the draw. It's the wingers matching up. Can you not? Are you saying like we can't have somebody screening the goalie because you get too close? You are ruining. You are ruining crucial development years for these hockey players. Now, crucial. Let's, let's and of course, a lot of this was because the QMJHL and training stuff was getting. Yeah, hammered, yeah, right? that's mm-hmm. that's why she did that one thing. Now, the issue we will have is a lot of people might just say, "Ah, oh, you're sports guys." And Steve Dangle made a very, very good point. I want to bring up here. This woman, Miss Miss McLeod, respectfully, this wasn't her first job. <laughs> I believe Steve said because he did such such a great job handling you know the kids of autism and all that that she was reassigned. It's just like clearly you didn't know how to do that, and you don't understand <laughs> the importance. If you want, if you want to do of health and safety, I completely get it, but understand it's like. Imagine you couldn't tackle in football. Uh, it's like two-hand touch flag football from high school. It's not how it works. I, I brought this up. I brought this up to my parents, and I go, "I'm like, she couldn't even do her first. Like, she had to be reshuffled because she didn't do a very good job on her first one. Like, are we just not holding people accountable anymore?" And my dad's first response was, "Welcome to politics." I go, "Thank yeah. you. I That's appreciate like- the welcome." Growing up and you saying life's not fair and your parents are like, yeah, it's not. Suck it. It's like we're finally at an age where we've lost faith in politicians, Daniel. What? Oh, I lost that a while ago. Oh, my God. That happened a while ago. Um, Are we allowed to say that? Well, well, I said it. (laughs) We're saying it about I I already said it, so – and it's it's all sides of the political spectrum. So I just think of – you know that Bruno um, Mars song? Which like, one? I said it. I said it because. Oh. Okay. 
<laughs> See, so the thing with this, this thing with there, there's so many ways of looking at this. Number one, you don't even actually have a decision yet. So I don't understand why this is coming out now. Did he just, I don't know if either of you know, is she the one who brought this up or was it Dreger or Westhead who reported it? Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I saw a Sportsnet tweet about it. I clicked on the article and it said that she had confirmed there was no hitting. And then Dreger said, um, so it, that's not the case. So she reported it. So she reported it. Then Dreger said, well, my sources tell me this. Okay. Uh, Westhead, Westhead. Yeah, I I trust him. The, the, the well connected people. And for those of you who may not know, you know. The- I mean, listen. I have my issue, some issues with Darren Dreger and Darren Ferris, but that's a separate issue. They, that they that's have sources that- in high places. Pardon? <laughs> they have sources. In high places. <laughs> listen, that's that's separate. I still love the guy. Um, we still love Ilya Sorokin. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen, Arash, I saw, I'm taking reporting sports and they had uh, one of our video lectures. It was with Arash Madani and he goes, if you're right 99% of the time, you're wrong 100% of the time. And that, and as soon as he said that, I remember Darren Dreger tweeting, I hear my, my sources say Ilya Sorokin's on his way to Chicago. And I'm like, this is, this is hilarious. Um, but back to what we were saying. Um how did this, like, I want to know the thought process on this being reported. Darren Dreger coming out saying this is, this might not be the case. Westhead saying a similar thing. And the next day, the premier of this uh, province comes on and says, this isn't confirmed. How does this happen? There is some broken oh. telephone. Somebody. The somebody Zoom meeting is not working for them either. They did not. Somebody didn't circle back to their boss. Broken <laughs> they, telephone. Yeah, there is some broken. It was like, okay, hey, can you work with the league so we can keep it? And she just interpreted it as, ah. I don't. Do you feel like? No. I feel like a lot of the information is just kind of like it's. It's like it just felt like it's like jumping the gun where it's like this is gonna happen and this is it. But then it's like, okay, what about the crucial details we need to know about this? Like, is this confirmed? Like, can we? please get like a definitive answer. You know what I hate most in life now that I've been studying journalism for, you know, on my third year. I hate when I hear someone say something like, I just assumed. Mm -hmm. If somebody can come and tell me something and they don't have the stuff to back it up, there's no legitimate sort of confirmation. And that's exactly what this was. Isn't half this show that though? If I come on here and I'm like, I think the Canadians are going to be great next year. If I yeah. say on paper, it's because all we have to go on. Like, <laughs> no, analyze, and it's like, oh my God, Garrett Sparks led in the crap goal. It's like, it is fact. It is a crap goal. If I watch a Grand Prix and I see Valtteri Bottas as a piece of a Ferrari in this car and he can't move. You know, then uh, it's it's like the fact is here. There's a difference know, between speculation and just throwing crap out there. Ask the president of the United States. I mean, we do that, that sometimes. Or follow-ups. You know what bothers me in hard what? news? What? Where there's an article that says more to come, but there's actually no follow-up article to it. <laughs> hard, hard news is like, all right, this is what's happening, dot, 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 dot. When somebody like, when, when you are a minister and you are I messing understand. with... 
it, it, we have been critical of the game of hockey, though. It is still, we don't know how long, it is still the like biggest thing in Canada. It's, it's hockey. It is, as much as we rip on the league, the sport of hockey get in there. is still the lifeblood of this damn country. And what you have done in the biggest, like, the epicenter of hockey, where all the freaking players come from, you threw up a grenade. You unpulled it and just threw a grenade for <laughs> getting rid of him. You didn't check if anyone was in the firing zone. You didn't have no. your buddy because... Buddy, mine's in the reserves, and apparently when you throw a grenade, a buddy is with you in case you mess it up, and they throw it as well. You didn't have your safety, but that was the premier. That was Doug. You didn't have Doug with you when you made this statement. You just threw the grenade. What I kind of feel now is, moving forward, this really discredits the OHL for a Why lot of that? prospective guys. And, like, oh, in a way okay, that, like, with the check, yeah, if there's no I checking, because, like, for example, I'm, like, no, and, you know, like I'm putting myself in this situation. Like I'm a prospect that I know I'm going to go into the NHL, right? Like why would I go to a league this year that I know is not going to prepare me for the next level? Like why don't I go to the WHL or why That's don't I go to the Q point. or why don't I go to university? I mean, yeah. well, I, Mike was, Mike was saying, cause I asked him like what's going on in NCAA. Cause I know there was uh, some controversy in their seasons a couple months ago, I think at mm-hmm. this point, apparently they're starting soon too. So like she kind of threw a, like threw us like just an absolute blender in there. And it's like, okay, so now there's guys who are NHL prospects who are going back there for their draft plus one years or draft plus two years who are there to develop. And you're removing an integral, a, a clearly integral part of the game. Like, listen, I, I'm not by no means like we talk about hitting on this show, and it's not that we're talking about hitting. We're talking about head hits. I think that's where our that's where the line kind of stops for us. I, I can't speak. I can't speak for all of us. I just, for me, that's the case. I, I don't know if that's the same for you guys as well. Mm-hmm. No, we don't really. Well, there isn't a much analysis in. You see that big hit someone threw last night. No, it mm-hmm. it is. There is though. Did you see that stupid head check that that player safety only gave one game to? Right. Um, Which we have a lot of. A lot of. Um, like, okay, the the leagues in Europe have already started. The uh, NCAA is starting. The Q has already started, and I know they're they're stopped at the moment. They're going to start again soon. I'm not entirely sure what's going. Like the W hasn't started yet either, but they're saying they're letting their prospects. I think um, their prospects go to the AJHL, which is the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So, like, she just kind of threw this in the middle of nowhere, and it seems like no one saw this coming. So what do you do with a guy like there's plenty of guys who are pro NHL prospects like for for Toronto the one that stands out is obviously is obviously uh Nick Robertson I, there's plenty of other guys who are playing in the O can do either of you have an example so I don't look like a Toronto bias Say it again. Sorry, I, I was turning my headphones off for no. some reason. It made the speaker in my mind. Oh, uh, Nick Nick Robertson is in is in his D plus going to be in his D plus two year and they're talking mm-hmm. about sending him back. Is there a guy like that, that I'm trying to think of oh, from Montreal, any team, just not Toronto. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't look like Toronto bias. 
Okay, let's use Quinton Byfield. Okay, just as an example. Okay, like probably going to be an NHL player, but just for this example. Yeah. If they don't think he's NHL ready, is he? Are they going to send him to a league? Are the Kings going to send him to a league that is does not have hitting? No. Right. So it kind of throws a complete three like one eighty for for a lot of teams, and I don't think this was thought through. Number one, like I, it makes no sense. Like it's it's fixing. So sure. You're, I think she's absolutely right in saying it reduces the risk of transmission. But you literally have 10 other ways in a single shift of transmitting COVID. Mm-hmm. So you fixed a problem, but you still have, you fixed one leak, but there's still 10 others. Another example I can give too is when we've talked about it before, and it's if Jamie Drysdale doesn't stay mm. with the ducks like he's Even a guy that example. technically he could probably play a first few games for a defense that really needs him on the right side but then if they don't feel he's ready within the nine games you know how is he gonna look different this year if he goes back to the Erie Otters where now there's no checking like okay adapt your game again like I think when you think about these players like even like Nick Robertson where you know they play a certain amount of games they're groomed to be these type of guys where they say, come into the NHL lineup, this is how you want to play. And they're like, no, it's not really working right now. Let's develop you more. But then you have to readjust your game in such a dramatic way again if you go to the OHL and you say, okay, there's no body checking. But yeah, when you go back to the NHL, readjust your game once again. It's going to be like that from running just those guys though. Because the ones who are going to really, let's be honest, at the end of the day, the, the guys who need mm-hmm. that league are the guys like, and I will bring the Montreal in, Ayan Mizak, like a guy who has come overseas to play in a certain league, and now he's not going to get that development. And if you have the OHL, which has so goddamn many prospects, if they all of a sudden have to flood to other leagues, there's only, only so many spots. An SHL team isn't just going to say, I'm going to get rid of my top guy. Patrick Berglund's not going to be scratched for Joe Smith from Edmonton, right? There's priorities here. This it could have, oh, this could, if this goes through, it is seriously there are ripple effects. Um, though we might want to move on though. If you guys have any sort of closing things here, do we, we uh, still have a deep oh, dive to get it? I know, I know. I just have an idea I want to throw your way. Sure. And I know it's a little expensive, but isn't the OHL the most viable league or uh, CHL in general to put into a bubble? They don't live at home. They don't live with their parents. They, they, the school is, I don't know what the OHL school system is like. Like a lot of them go go to like local high schools, like around the team. Yeah. They go to high school. They go to high, they go to high school. Like, right. So, and I understand it's expensive for all that stuff, but without the expenses, aren't, they the most viable league to put into a bubble because the it this concerns that we had with the um with the NHL were, were mainly well I don't want to leave my family for f- six months. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if money wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. But I it's know. like yeah, because it's, it's just thing. the thing is, not many of their teams make money. But yeah, if if somebody was like to come around and be like, hey, I have all this money, then yeah, I could work. But it's just, 
Yeah. Um, Daniel, anything else you want to add? No. Um, I'm just thinking of Alex's idea right now that what would the bubble look like? Because, you know, these are teams in closer proximity to each other. And I think, yeah, just dealing with the education aspects of it, just not sure how would that look, but also I can see that happening. Bunch of teenagers. I don't trust them. I don't trust them going outside. I don't trust teenagers. (laughs) I don't trust them at all. I want to know how that, what was his name again? The the, uh, MLB player who got COVID and went back to the field? Justin Justin Turner. Turner. I want to know how he got it too. I want some back tracing there. I want to know how that bubble was popped. We got to become investigative. We got to put our investigative journalist hats on. I feel like that's not going to come out, but yeah, I'd love to know as well. Right. We got some news, 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 news. Buffalo Sabres, RFA, Victor Olovson, rookies, 20 goals this year. Re-ups with the club for two more years. The deal has an AAV of $3.05 million. Man, Man, that 50 grand. Um, uh, um, Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, again, I think it's a prove me bridge deal. But I, I don't know what else to really say. Like, this was his first real NHL season, right? Like, he played six games last year, but, like, I'm not using that as a benchmark. Um, in 54 games this year, he had 20 goals. Like, if he can consistently be a 20-goal scorer, and he's still uh, 20, he's only 25, right? I say only. Like, he's kind of almost entering his prime at this point, the way – uh, primes work these days. Um, so I think if he can prove himself, it'll be an interesting contract next time. Daniel? I think there's two things I see when I look at this contract. Number one, he's one of the really few good things going for the Sabres out of the first round. Because I remember that was a huge... Um, I don't know, that was a huge thing um, with Jason Botterill where they realized he's not getting any talent beyond the first round. And then to get Victor Olofsson in like the seventh round has been, you know, huge steal for them. Um, I think that he's really been, he's really shown he could be a good contributor. Like, you know, that was a really bad team last year and he still put up 20 goals. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll pat the Sabres on the back that they've created a bit of a support system. Again, like I know Taylor Hall's there, but to look at Eric Stahl and like what he kind of brings to the team, I think that that's going to stabilize things a bit more in terms of the leadership, a bit more of accountability and a bit more of someone that could actually show a lot of these young guys that have never really had that veteran guy on the team to show them like the ropes with things like how it, what it means to actually win that winning culture. Mm-hmm. Daniel, are you suggesting that playing next to Jack Eichel gets you 20, at least 20 goals? I think so. Bizarre. <laughs> Well, he did score a lot of them on the power play. And about finding a prospect in the seventh round, a broken clock still works two times a day. Is he, is he a poor man or a rich man's Andreas Janssen or even? Well, I, I, we'll see. Give him another uh, year. Yeah. Okay. No offense, but I don't, I don't always think of Andreas Janssen as a comparable for a lot of them. Neither do I. No? I okay. Because um, he was like a seventh round guy that – you know, skilled guy that, you know, took a while to develop, came in. I guess. Yeah. Proved he could be a top six guy. That's what I kind of felt. I don't think you can say poor man's thingy for a middle six player, though. Mm-hmm. My opinion. I mean, hey, good for them. They need guys. He's good. Whatever. 
Maybe yeah. he should have been yeah. a Calder finalist. No, he shouldn't have. Nick Suzuki should have been. Don't okay. mind me. Um, he wasn't going to win because, you know, Kale McCarr. Let's go. Um, Dale Talon. It's really funny that last week um, uh, there was there was noise made on the podcast and the NHL were clearly listening. Dale Talon. Um, NHL investigations from Sportsnet via the Associated Press. NHL investigation finds Dale Talon, former GM of the Florida Panthers. Allegations were not substantiated. I'll read a little snippet here. The league received an anonymous report in August of Talon using racially derogatory language while in the Toronto bubble, and they in the past made openly racial, religious, ethnic comments. That day, it hired Sather Shaw, LLP, to conduct an investigation and said, among other steps, the law firm interviewed more than a dozen Panthers employees and reviewed all the information about the case. The NHL said the investigation showed the allegations were neither corroborated nor substantiated and are inconsistent with Talon's past actions and, and his affirmative efforts in support of diversity and inclusion initiatives. So, so I don't see how that last sentence is relevant, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, keep his character. If, if, sure. I, I, that feels like a character thing. Like he's been good in the past and all this sort of goes like, no, it's the same. I, I get that. I get that. I mean, it's just, that's fancy stuff. I mean, did I, he I do it or did he not? No, I know, no, no. I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying like, to, I get why they put the last part in there, but I, it's not about his past actions. That's not what the concern is. It is about that one incident or multiple incidents in the Toronto bubbles. That that is what is that question here, right? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, do we have anything to say on this besides? I felt like we should have mentioned it because probably we yeah, did yeah. we did mention problem. it last year, last yeah. episode. I mean, that doesn't change my opinion on. I have no idea why Jim Rutherford is bringing this man in to his front office. Oh, that's just an old hockey man. That's yeah, a- the old boys club. Yeah. Strikes again. Yep. I mean, hey, we, we criticize the Penguins plenty. Uh, right. Um, do you guys mind if we scrap Calgary or until next week? Okay. Like yeah, I don't, what was Calgary? We talk a lot about them already. Oh, they, they were looking for an experienced right-handed D, but. Oh, man, only if there is one on the market. Yeah, I know. Well, do we want to talk about that or no, or wait? Travis Hamannick? Is that uh, who it is? Sammy Sorry. What? Sorry. I couldn't. <laughs> Someone was just telling me off screen. Oh, okay. I mean, hey, I mean, he's he's out there, and I think his value is falling every day. But if we're talking <laughs> about um, guys who may be losing value, but this guy's pretty confident. Um, Mike Hoffa is not afraid to wait until January if he needs to sign. This is from Insider Trading. Pierre Lebrun saying that LTIR situations – Closer to the start of the season could work in Hoffman's favor. Talks about Boston and David Pasternak. If they get him, so help me God. Uh, St. Louis and Vladimir Tarasenko is another one. Um, Pierre also said that if Florida or Nashville make better offers than they have been, then a deal could be reached. Now, at first, when I read this, my first reaction was, Hoffman, I can't believe you have the balls to try and pull this leverage in the pandemic. Then I realized, you know what? Krug and that got away with it. But then I also thought, and I'll ask you guys, is Hoffman, he is the 30 goal scorer, outside of, and goals are very important, but outside of that, Donald Decisions, I believe, has called him an empty calorie player, and I was critical of him in the past. Is it the right decision for Hoffman to sort of wait, knowing that there could be, as Pierre speculates here, 
an LTIR sort of situation we can fit into a lineup. And besides the point that we really hope he's not a Boston Bruin because they don't need that. Um, I think it's it's fine for him to wait. I think he's very val- he can be a very valuable piece. We know goal scoring, uh, how much they people value goal scoring. So. Except the Jets. Except for the Jets. <laughs> Daniel. Um, yeah, I think the way, and I think the scores talked about this too, where he's been given a lot of short-term offers and I, maybe I, I don't, they never speculated, they never mentioned a cap hit or anything, but maybe it's just something he's not satisfied with. And I think given his age, given where he feels he could fit into a lineup, maybe he wants a bit more term and maybe he's going to wait until teams kind of look at LTIR, look at what they kind of have going into the next season and say, hey, we actually need more goal scoring. And, you know, in terms of the empty calories argument, I think that he does what he needs to do, like Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And if he could get to a place where he could play with someone who I feel that could be an elite center, someone who could give him the puck, then by all means, go for it. But I'm not messaging the Oilers because they still have to pay Ethan Bear. Mm, that was right where I was going. Yeah. Like... Uh, why on earth like I don't know why that that wasn't their first pickup he can play with freaking Connor McDavid well maybe it's like Harmon's well remember Hoffman didn't want to go to Winnipeg a few years ago I know but I was I heard Edmonton had made it off like they're obviously they just made an offer but it seemed like that offer was on it on the table along with Nashville and Boston and those guys why now I felt like Nashville, I think the report is that this was going to be the last go around for that group. Maybe COVID has screwed the you know kind of viewing of having to rebuild. But why the hell are Nashville looking at this? You're not good. I mean, I, uh, Michael Grandland replacement. Do Shane and Hoffman together again? I think they're trying really hard to keep this thing intact, like trying to keep it intact. Because when you have, like, how do you rebuild or how do you retool with a back end of Yossi Ellis at home, and then eventually when Dante Fabro improves. Just draft centermen with every pick you have. because you They're really have- bad at drafting forwards, though. Like, not very, very bad, but, like, they just don't know how to draft forwards. They got, they got forward. Well, no, no, they didn't. They traded for him. Never mind. That was a capital. No. You're, you're right. It's like they put... Like, right- Colin Wilson, Austin Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg Smith was good. Yeah, I was about to say, don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> I had to bring that one up. But yeah, everyone else was traded for, like, or signed, like, Duchesne, Johansson. And they've been all messes. They've been total messes. It's just. I, I mean, they drafted Seth Jones <laughs> to get. Then, yeah, but, you know, that's and not then a traded forward. Him. And then traded him. Yeah. They, they traded Shane Weber, Seth Jones, and Ryan Suter walked, and they're fine. Yeah. Well, they're good at drafting goalies. Hmm? Made evident by this year. Very evident. Yes. Pecorino is just too good right now. So good. Hey, well, no, he, he had a run. He was good. No, too. no, no. I, yeah, but not any, not now. Saros was, Saros has been disappointing though. Yeah, I think he might have, I think next year is going to be Solid 7.1 out of 10. 7.1? I would wear 71 if I played hockey, so that's a good number. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, to end the show, 
deep dive time. We're going to be looking at the Vegas Golden Knights. If you want to look at the Knights along with us, I just realized I closed Safari and I closed the comic books I was reading online. God, you know how to, you know how to, you can uh, retrieve those. Mm-hmm. How? Uh, so you hit open Safari again, go to history. Mm-hmm. And then one of the top ones is like recently closed or reopened last all windows from last session or something like that. Oh, what's that about? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I got off. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Because I do that all the time. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> all right. And so if you want to follow along here, what you need to do is go to Cat Friendly. You need to go get, you know, Vegas open. And there's a few talking points, guys, I want to look at in Vegas. Um, okay. We mentioned it last episode, but I sort of stopped this because I wanted to talk about it here today. Theodore and, and, and Petrangelo, is that the best pairing in hockey? Because um, it's going to be it's going to be tough to beat. You think they're going to spread them out? I, say, here's all I'll say to that. If there's five minutes left and you're down by a goal or down by two in the third, you put them together. Yeah. You're, not, nice. you're not putting Nick Holden? Stop it. Is that Let's even, yeah. No, well, it's it's um, it's gonna be interesting, and in, like their top four is just gonna be nasty. They're not. This is not fun to play against. Martinez, no. Nab, that's not. I hate that. A lot of size. Yeah. Like they got, they had to get rid of Statsny and Schmidt to bring in Alex Petrangelo. I 100 percent think it was worth it. Daniel, I know you're a big shape Theodore fan. You had him on your team Canada when Alex and I probably should have done that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe that, you know, you have two defensive anchors now on your team. And if they don't put them together, like, to begin, I think that it that will be fine. You know, they could spread out the talent. They could see where it goes. But I agree with, like, the whole five minutes thing that you will put them together. But, yeah, it's just just so good and how I look at it. Um, I don't want to be a cynical about it saying oh will fit will it not like how is like the bottom pairing gonna kind of you know come together but i i like it i like it a lot mm-hmm. man zach Whitecloud, another year he looked really good in the playoffs i, I mean and, and i think we are not allowed to look at cat friendly and looking vegas without again mentioning how beautiful the shea theodore contract is Five yeah. more years, $5.2 million. Takes until he's 30. Oh, Maron, it's so beautiful. So, so, I just realized they're still retaining on Thomas Tatar. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. 500000 Right. Cool. Thanks. Um, miss you, though, Thomas. Okay. Um, so, we also look at with Vegas, guys. I want to get your opinion on. Do they have the best tandem in the league? They don't, but I'll ask you anyway. Because it's not Montreal. But, I mean, Robin Leonard was great in the playoffs. For the first time, maybe in his career, he has a complete championship level team in front of him. And Marc Andre Fleury is very good at being a backup to a championship team. Except 2009. I think it depends on how you value Marc Andre Fleury. So don't ask me. Because I think, okay, would you argue Robin Leonard is a top? five goalie in the nhl oh we need to have this conversation oh. again okay so, so price vasilevsky yeah those two um john gibson 
I would, I would do that. Yeah. John Gibson. Bishop. Um, what? Oh, I nah. like. Bishop. I like. Hellebuck. 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 Even though he had a disap- even though he had a disappointing playoff, I think he still deserves to be on that list. Then mm. you're down to Rask, Bishop, and Markstrom. Oh my God. Markstrom. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he- a lot of good goalies. Okay. Yeah. Who, who would you rather have, Leonard or Bishop? I'm leaning towards Leonard. So Leonard. Okay, who's because of injuries, but like I'd have 2015 Ben Bishop. That's when he's because groin fell apart. Yeah. So okay, would you rather have Vic Tuka no Victor? Would you rather have Tuka Rask or Robin Leonard? Robin Leonard. Uh I'd have Tuka Rask. And the least fan did just say Robin Leonard, because Daniel, you're a Ducks fan. Or on this podcast, you are. That's fair. You'd have Tuka Rask, really. Okay, well, okay, Jacob Markstrom or Robin Leonard? contract out the way let's talk about as a goaltender because you can argue markstrom has really only taken this form the last few years when leonard has always been really good but he i think we've really noticed it the past few seasons to be honest i didn't think well i did in the world juniors thought he was going to be elite and then i thought it was going to be the like because they even said it too he's the goalie of the future for the ottawa senators and then when he went to yeah. Buffalo, I think that was really what derailed him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that derails a lot of people. But then, yeah, when he went to the Islanders, that's when I'm like, okay, like that potential that, you know, we all saw is actually still there. So it's I'm hard like playing it's, in front of uh, Slater Cuckoo and Oli Mata really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to gauge because I don't know, like they're too great Swedish goalies that they were both drafted to the respective teams to be the future. Then they were traded. And then suddenly in their late twenties, they emerge as these guys that, yeah, the talent was still always there. So it's you hard know for what? me to pick. I'm going to take Robin Leonard. I think I'll put Robin Leonard at my number five position. So we can argue at the top five goalie in Robin Leonard. Yeah. If he's not, he's just outside of it. He is in the upper echelon of goalie. Sure. He's an elite goalie, right? Are we okay with Mm -hmm. saying he is an elite goalie? Is there any honorable mentions before number six or none? Rask. Rask, Bishop, Markstrom. Rask is old. He's like 35. If he retires next year, I'm going to... He's 33. He's the same draft as Crosby. And Carey Price. I'll remember that, Daniel. I'll remember that. He feels, he feels like he's a lot older. Sorry. Um, um, okay, well then let's look, let's look at this. Who is the best backup goalie in the NHL? Jack Campbell. Okay. I, no, I'm not. No. Because you brought up Montreal earlier. Mm. I take, and you said we're taking contracts out of it, right? Correct, yes. I take Marc-Andre Fleury over Jake Allen mm-hmm. as, as a backup. Yeah. Right? Um, I I don't oh, think random teams and we can just be like Hudobin. Would you take Hudobin over Flurry? No. Really? I take Lundqvist over Flurry. What? So yeah. <laughs> what? I think he's just I don't know. Lundqvist is still good. This year. So was Hank though, but Hank oh but but Hank was on a, a much worse team. Flurry got two coaches fired. Remember? Okay, one, one, one was amazing save. But, like, his save percentage was the reason. Well, not the only reason. But it was a big That part. wasn't the only reason that yeah, no, Gerard Gallant was fired. They clearly yeah. wanted Pete DePore. Well, that five-game stretch. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury, 
Wait, did you say Mark Andre Fleury got two coaches fired this year? Yes. Yeah, oh, because of Mike, because of Mike Babcock. I forgot. One, one was a really good save, and I forgot about that thing. Yeah. Um, like shot. Yes. Hmm. But like, is he is he better than Kadobin? You're saying we're kind of split there. Is he better than James Reimer? Yes. Is yeah. he better than Peter Morazic? Yeah. Yes. Is he better than uh, Brian Elliott? Yes. yes. Is he better than? Uh, is he better than? I almost Corey Schneider. Of course he is. Is he better <laughs> than Corey Crawford? Ooh, that's an interesting one. I don't think so. I say yes. Really? But is Corey Crawford? No, but what? What is is Corey Crawford a backup though? Wait. So wait. Do we compare? Because you know. Um, me and my nostalgia. Do we compare Flurry overall in his career to Corey Crawford or just currently, how it is now? Currently. Yeah, currently. Is he better than Koskinen or Mike Smith? Yes. 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 That's by by the way, I'm still disliked that Flurry didn't make the 2014 Olympic team and Mike Smith made it over him because the Coyote, he had that oh. one good year in 2012, Mike Smith, and then he wasn't good in 2013. It doesn't matter. They weren't playing over Kerry. I know, but still, you know, I still wanted Flurry to get a second gold medal. We can agree they have a pretty damn good goaltending team. Right, I think it is up there. I don't know if it's if it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, solid, I think it's it's very solid. Uh, I think I and I think I think Adam makes a good point in Montreal because I think Carey Price is that much better than Robin Leonard. That yeah, that doesn't even matter who your backup is. That's true. That's true. And, and the advantage is Fleury can play the amount of games that Liner is going to get the rest. Um, and one, one more question with Vegas I really want to ask you guys about. Okay. Because I, I always look at a team's center and I'm like, all right, Chandler Stevenson's one of those guys who's left wing center lifted. So it was no second Nick Watt. And then I see William Carlson. I'm like, okay, he's not what we thought he was in Columbus. He's okay. He's, he's all right. I'm good. He's all right. I'm good. But mm-hmm. the big question I have here is can Cody Glass take that big step that they need him to? Because Pacioretty really needs that, I think. Well, let's ask our prospect guru, Daniel. Dun, 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 dun. Tell me about the. I love Cody Glass. I think he's a great player. Um, I think that people knock on him a lot because it's just been kind of slow. But at the same time, like where they put him in the lineup when he did make the Vegas squad is it's a lot of it's been sheltered. And, you know, we don't really know what he's going to look like with these top guys. Like if I use one example going back, like the Devils didn't know what they had with Adam Henrique when he came in. He was playing like the fourth line center. And then suddenly, if you give this guy an opportunity, and this was because there was injuries on the team, you know, you put him in between like Zach Parise and Ilya Kovalchuk. Mm-hmm. You'll eventually know like, for what the guy was drafted to be, you'll see whether or not he could survive in the deep end. And I I think that's the case now with Cody Glass, that he's given enough time already in the juniors. He's played in the major tournaments. He's played in the playoffs. He's been a guy that I think finally they need to kind of see, okay, Cody, are you ready to be in the top six? And the thing is, if he's not ready, then that's okay, but at least try it first. And Sorry, go ahead, Adam. You know, last week, a big thing was t- comparing Colorado to Vegas. Um, 
And one thing I'm thinking about with Colorado is I'm looking at, right, McKinnon is a god, obviously. Second line center, Nazem Kadri. And I'm like, I like Kadri more than I like Carlson. And without the unknown with Cody Glass, one thing I can yeah. for sure, thinking right now, Colorado, I'd give the edge down the middle as well. Go on, Alex. Um, well, Cody Glass has, all, obviously, I think he had um, knee surgery back in March. Like he didn't play in the playoffs. I don't. No, think. my mistake. Uh, let me check. I don't think he did. It's not. It's not up here on uh, cap friendly. He played thirty nine games this year. Uh, in the NHL, he had twelve points, five goals. Uh, oh yeah, my mistake. He did right. not. So I think he played in the Chicago. Sorry, I looked at Chicago Wolves. My, my, my mistake. Is, uh, oh, that's right fine. Knee. Pardon? He had surgery on his right knee. You were right. So, yeah, like, I think, you know, he was going to be ready for training camp that was going to be that, well, training camp that was supposed to be in September, Um, obviously COVID. So now he has more time off, and I think that might actually end up benefiting him and, you know, his knee being fully healed Mm -hmm. instead of kind of rushing it back and maybe coming back earlier too early. Um, and I think he does take that next step. Like he's still young. So I think Daniel's right. Even if he doesn't take that next step this year, I think that's okay. But it, then it, then it puts Vegas in a weird situation and who in the world is going to be your second line center, considering you're over the cap and, you know, over the cap. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Alex, There's one thing I kind of want to like mention about Cody Glass, if it's okay. Um, I think that he is sometimes judged by the fact of where he went in the draft and who went before him. Oh no! Because like you look at three, four, and five, like Hiskin and McCarr, Patterson, and then Cody Glass. But I like to argue of who went after him as well, like Lias Anderson, Casey Middlestad, Michael Rasmussen, and. You These are guys that we really didn't have a conversation too much on those three guys who went after him because I think Cody Glass is still, I know, like it's like that midway point in the draft where it's not like, okay, you know, time to cut the ties or, you know, we already know what his ceiling is. I think he he's in that other position, other group where if there wasn't any other year and you didn't see those type of guys go before him, then... I think that would be okay saying, okay, you know, let's keep developing this guy as like a future top six center. Yeah, man. Clear framed glasses. I just realized that. Pardon? Daniel has clear framed glasses. Oh, I didn't even notice. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. They look really cool. Whoops. Thank you. Um, like I'd argue, hey, go out and get a center. Like, I mean, is Mikhail Granlund? I don't know, but again, you're yeah. over the cap, so like you're in this tricky situation. Let me pull up again. I closed it by accident. They're cap friendly here. Like, just open and reclose it all. Much, honestly. Um, I I don't know what you're kind of moving out. Like you you signed these guys. I mean, you're going to have to move somebody. I don't necessarily think that's that's up for debate. You're not moving Mark Stone, obviously. No, no. Like, you're moving a lower-end guy. Like, I'm looking at the bottom end of their roster. 
Uh, well, Ryan Reeves just signed in. My God, Ryan Reeves signed an extension. William Carrier signed an extension. How, how much does Reeves make? One point seven five. Two years. I think they they signed they signed that on June fifteenth. So this is during the pandemic. They did this. Oof. I don't know. Sorry. Like. Dumb idiots. I'm sure they could get something for Reeves. They won't because they sure. Love him. Like, yeah, they love him. One point seven for Reeves. There's just so many pieces here that I'm. I just kind of think like, what would I take away from here? Because like their bottom six as well, just fits so well together. Mm-hmm. What like like well, that Carrier Reeves combination has always been the whole like yeah. Or Nikolai Wah, like I love that he developed. You know, former world junior guy. Um, that he finally had a chance because like he wasn't getting it in Carolina. Mm-hmm. God damn Carolina. Would they trade for him? Oh, Eric, I was part of the Eric, Eric Hala, Hala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I need to ask you guys this then. Now, looking at these rosters, we've done this little dive. Who is the better team on paper right now, Colorado or Vegas? Because I'm not. I still think it's Colorado, and I'm more a bit reassured looking at it because, as my, I think they're. I think Colorado are deeper on defense. I like it a bit more. I think there's a bit more to give. I like their forwards more on Colorado, but I definitely think Vegas have them in net. And then don't ask me about coaching because I I'm I'm gonna go with Colorado because as much as I think Mark Stone should carry his own line, I don't trust Max Petcheretti. No, don't or William Carlson, to be honest. And you know, to a certain extent I do Riley Smith. I like that he reinvented himself in Vegas, but I you know if you take out like Miko Ratanen off like the McKinnon line, like this is a guy who can also carry his own line and to have that kind of depth is insane. It's just what we talked about too. Like the detracting thing about the abs is the goaltending, which, you know, still might be fixed by the beginning of the season or something might happen. Yeah. Um, I think Vegas beats them out in goaltending for sure. I think they just edged them out in defense, but I think they they are most definitely better up front. And for that reason, I'm going to go with Colorado because I think they have such they have that much of an advantage up front that the defense kind of cancels itself out. Sweet. I don't know what to do about the goaltending. I, I I agree with Daniel. I don't think this is. I don't think they're done. Right, lads. I think that's it then. Eh? Uh, if you're a GM and Joe Saka calls you, hang up the phone. I wonder what happens in the trade between new phone. Who this? <laughs> new phone. Who this? <laughs> Text Peter Shirelli when he gets hired in Arizona. You up the Clayton Keller? Well, you up, listeners. If you enjoyed this episode of the show, because of course you did, be sure to go wherever you're listening to this. Give it five stars. Uh, leave a review what you thought of the show, some things you maybe think we can improve upon. Um, we'd love to hear it. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel for clips, visual experience of the show, my YouTube channel as well for all your Canadians' needs, Alex's blog for all sorts of fun hockey content. Check out all of Daniel's stuff at the Ryersonian. 
you know, all his fun sort of business, you know, all his the hoopla around our lives. It's just, it's great to check out our social medias. They're all in the description as well. Um, tune in next week when we do a deep dot. Not this, not, sorry, no, this starts the week, isn't it? What Sunday? Yeah. Come here Wednesday when we talk about what team? The Atlanta Thrashers. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, do you want to do Winnipeg? Sure. Okay. We I was going to say more to come, but yeah. I'm not gonna pick. Are we going to do one of Montreal and Toronto or have we already, we already, we already did it. Okay, good. And Anaheim. We kind of already did that. Yeah, too. we kind of did that too. All right. Yeah. Alrighty then. Oh, thank you. The voice ad is always being a fantastic platform for the show. We yeah. really appreciate it. Even though I almost forgot you, but you're our favorites. Thank you very much. Alrighty then. See y'all. Bye. Bye.